Eco Money on Money FM 89.3. Often when we put an outfit together, we like to color coordinate. Now, my favorite color combo is a red jacket with some nice office wear. Got to look smart. But quite often as we bring vibrant hues together, we seldom stop to think about where these colors or dyes come from. Well, one company that does think about this and thinks about it a whole lot is Colorifix. And that's because they've come up with a sustainable manner to create colors using science. And just to find out how this works, we're joined now by one of the founders, Orya Kony, and he is also the CEO of the company. Or thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Rachel. Good afternoon. Pleasure. It's our absolute pleasure to have you with us. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more. Let's just rewind and start at the very beginning. Tell us about the company. What was the catalyst? Where did it all begin? What's your story? So Colorifix actually started because um, Jim, my co-founder, and I um, engaged in in water quality projects using synthetic biology. We were working on developing sensors to see if water was essentially safe to drink or not from the presence of different uh, things in the water, like heavy metals such as arsenic. So we went to places that are affected by this, and they're mostly in in, uh, South and Southeast Asia. And um, that's where we actually got exposed to the scale of the impact of the textile industry, because when we asked people, what else is in your water that bothers you? um, A lot of the chemicals that they, they told us about actually ended up coming from this industry. And that's where we got to understand that the wet processing side of textiles, which is one of the largest industries on the planet by necessity, um, has such an enormous impact on water use, chemical use and energy use. And ultimately is one of the most environmentally impactful industrial activities we do as a species. Given our our passion for uh, what we do in working with nature using natural systems to essentially create things, we thought, well, our sensors based on microorganisms that change color if the water is not safe to drink. Wouldn't it be great if we could change the color of the fabric and instead of monitoring for these chemicals, replace them with something that is um, much more sustainable and closer to nature. And that's exactly what we've done. And that's fascinating because obviously you're not from the fashion industry, from this sector. So tell us a little bit more about your background, because it's fascinating how you're combining science with, as you mentioned, one of the top polluting industries in the world. So synthetic biology, which is the discipline that everything we do is based on, Mm -hmm. uh, basically seeks to understand how nature makes things, because everything we see around us in the natural world is governed by the same set of rules. All living things use DNA to encode information, which then becomes different things uh, that we see, be it uh, pigments that we see in flowers and insects to um, antibodies, um, different drugs that we use in medicine, uh, and even things that that can can eventually replace fuels. Uh, These are all things that nature makes every day, and we look for how it's made, the whole blueprint of how nature builds the machinery towards making this thing, and then we basically use that message to, to make our product, which is a new way of dyeing fabric. Um, but 
synthetic biology really is about seeking to understand nature and employ the same mechanisms, the same solutions that nature has developed for the problems we are trying to solve. And these, unfortunately, end up being problems we've created as a species. And you've got a wonderful quote on your website as well. I love this. It says, our goal is to borrow from nature, not to take from it and move from petrochemicals into a non-polluting renewable chemistry that's enabled by biology for the entirety of the dying process. So can you talk to us a little bit about how this works. Help us to visualize the science. So, I mean, for example, here in Singapore, we do use a lot of natural dyes in our quays, which are our local cakes. So we have these beautiful blue pea flowers that grow everywhere and we use it to color our rice, we use it to color our cakes. But can you give us some examples of the the start process for this DNA sequencing? What's the journey like for you when you're working on a color or you get inspired? Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, nature makes every hue and shade of color, but not all uh, pigments that appear in nature are useful for every application. So in food, it doesn't have to really be quite as light fast or wash fast because those aren't processes that we, we, we apply to food. So for textiles, you want something that's light fast, something that, that's going to be heat resistant, right? So you can iron it after, for instance. Uh, things like that need to come into consideration. How it reacts with sweat, um, all those things end up being very important. Um, so what we do is we look for pigments in nature that we think meet these characteristics. So for, for as an example, um, parrots are very special. Uh, most feathers have structural color, but, but parrots have pigments in them. So what we can do is take a single feather from a parrot, scrape some cells off the bottom of the feather and look in the DNA for the message, make red. We can then take that message, put it into our microorganism, which is a type of uh, microorganism that's been widely used to make different products in the pharma- uh, pharmaceutical industry and food industry. So we know it's safe. Um, and then through fermentation, very much the same process as used to make beer, we make our product. So instead of making the alcohol, we're making the pigment. And the great thing is biology is doing it the same way that the parrot would do it, meaning starting from sugar and nitrogen and building all of the chemistry towards getting that pigment. Now, what Colorifics does isn't just make the pigment. We use biology to transfer the pigment as well. A lot of the impact from the tech, from the wet processing, from dyeing itself, isn't from the pigment, but it's all the other chemicals you put in the dyeing machine to get the pigment to stick to the fabric and stay there. And instead of using those chemicals, we're using our microorganisms. Uh, the cells are depositing and fixing the dyes and pigments directly onto the fabric. And because of that, we're not, not using mordants, we're not using binders or linkers or any of those other chemicals, which end up being much more harmful than the dyes themselves. Mm, and I mean, just just something that you mentioned there about the process, because I was also reading on your site in terms of the goal is, you know, not to disrupt the industry too much in the sense that, you know, you still pe- people within the industry still need to make a living. So can you talk to us about how your solution then would slot in with the current industry at the moment? What, what are some of the changes that perhaps uh, manufacturers or fashion designers or fashion firms would need to make if they were to implement the solution? 
One of the key differences, in my view, between uh, synthetic biology and, and, and molecular biology, as it were, is the integration of responsible innovation and in how we design a process. So beyond the environmental sustainability, we wanted to see and how we can apply this in a way that doesn't impact people's jobs and livelihoods in a way that adds value to everyone rather than taking value away from someone who really needs it. Yeah. Uh, so in the process of looking at what we do, well, we're not, we're not using new dye machines. We're not using, um, needing people to be retrained in, in how they dye fabric. We're just changing what's going into the machine. So the people who are mostly employed doing the activity don't see any loss in, 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 in what they're doing. They only see again in that they're reducing the environmental footprint by bringing down the temperature reducing the amount of water and eliminating the use of any petrochemical in the process. So talk to us about the water reduction and the energy reduction, because you're, it, it also states in your, on your site that your solution uses 10 times less water. It's 100% natural, not toxic. The preliminary numbers are showing that we're saving up to 40 liters of water per kilo of fabric across the whole dyeing and washing and everything process by using this type of dyeing. Uh, we're saving over 70% on energy and over 65% on CO2 overall in, in the dyeing process itself. So the benefits come far beyond just the source of the dye with the process because you get to use so much less uh, water because the process is so efficient and you exhaust uh, the dye and nothing is left in the water it means you need to wash it a lot less as well. And that's where you lose a lot of water too. Yeah. You know, we've seen multiple news reports about the toxicity of the fashion industry. High street brands have been coming out to say that or make sustainable uh, targets and claims. So what kind of response have you had from the industry to your solution? I have to say that the reaction from the industry has been incredibly positive throughout uh, the industry everyone from brands to manufacturers dye houses even the the pigment producers themselves uh, like what we're doing and have helped us along giving us advice here and there helping us find the right partners um, and always supporting us along the way with uh, telling people our story until we're ready to, to, to help um, them with our product. And that's exactly where we are now. So, or last question for you, what's your favorite color? Well, my favorite color is purple. It's uh, one of the, the, the most special colors in nature for me. It's, it's very rare, it's not very stable. Um, and even though you can find a lot of purples out there, you won't find a lot of purples that have good fastness properties uh, and that was uh, the, the breakout color both in the old times of terry and purple in the industrial chemical revolution with mauvine which is the first synthetic pigment and it was actually our first pigment as well was a purple so it's uh it's a was color with a lot of, of story your, behind it was that because of your personal preference for the color or because you wanted to take up the challenge well my 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 favorite color used to be yellow uh, it, became, it became purple once I once I realized how, how special that color actually is. Wonderful. Well, Or, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me tonight and for sharing your story with us. Thanks for your time, Rachel. A pleasure. 
That was Oria Kony, co-founder and CEO of Colorifics. You're listening to Eco Money on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly.